Hello and welcome to Archipod. Um, I am Jade and today I am here with Laura, who you might recognise from Hello. the first episode. Um, Laura, do you, I, I mean, do you want to introduce yourself again? Yeah, um, I'm Laura and I'm also in third year with Jade and anything else? <laughs> no, I think that's it. I think mean, yeah. everyone should, everyone should be diehard fans by now and should have mm-hmm. listened to the first podcast. If you haven't, please, please do that. Um, but today we want to talk about um, mental health in architecture, which is very relevant because um, mm-hmm. we know that a lot of people, including ourselves, um, struggle a little bit um, with just like specifically architecture in general. It's um, it's a demanding subject. Very demanding. And uh, for new students or people that are suddenly realising that it's quite a demanding subject, um, it's good to talk about it and it's good to just know about it. Um, mm-hmm. and know that everyone struggles with it yeah definitely so do you want to talk a little bit about how you sort of have experienced this mm-hmm. um so i mean our course is very mentally tiring isn't it yes well it's mentally and physically tiring um but second year was a hard hard year for me both with our work and mentally mm. um so i spent a lot of time last year trying to get the work life balance and um yeah give some advice on that. yeah the the balance between just life and architecture mm-hmm. is, a, is a hard one to master you have to rem- you need to keep going with the work obviously but you then have to give yourself that break as well and it's hard to distinguish between when it's time to stop and recharge yeah it's um for me it's more um trying to I, I mean, it fit, it mentally exhausts me. So it's it's mm. trying to find the time to let myself sort of, I don't know, take a step back and and yeah. think about things <laughs> that I need to do, like like um, eat. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think it's harder with architecture, isn't it? Because we're conditioned in our course to feel guilty <laughs> when yeah. we're not doing any work. Like obviously conditioned by ourselves. Yeah to feel guilty when we're not doing work so it's hard to be disciplined with yourself and say no more work yeah um it's probably the amount of to-do lists oh for me it's to-do lists it's very overwhelming when i make a to-do list i do it in such detail that it looks extremely long Mm. and then yeah mine are like that yeah and And then then it just makes you overwhelmed just Mm -hmm. looking at it and i'm like it's too long I can't do it yeah it's relevant to have a to-do list so you don't forget to do yeah things. it's it's very helpful for me but it's also yeah. not I try and do it on my phone and then I close the app yeah like, I if have it's it on my there, laptop if it's there on your desk and you're looking at it all the time it's so yeah not good yeah definitely yeah so to-do lists are a must but they sometimes can be a bit um stressful to look at so definitely make sure that you're leaving that sort of hidden and just look at it when you're actually about to do some work yeah have a way that you can get rid of it for a while so it's not there constantly Mm. i know some people like write like physically writing them and like pinning them up Mm -hmm. but i like if i have it on my laptop i can just minimize the tab and then it's gone yeah Uh, well i think last year when I wrote a to-do list, I would pin it up in studio, but mm. I'm not in studio when I'm at home. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I would leave that behind. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to look at it until I came back to studio. And that was a good sort of break. Yeah, see, I always try to do a, 
if I have a lot of work to do, do a longer day in studio. And then when I get home, then that's like a separate thing. So then mm-hmm. there's no work at home then. So yeah. then you keep your home and your like your bedroom as like a just a relaxing yeah. sleeping space. Yeah, because sometimes people can associate stress and work with their bedroom, mm. which is the reason why you should definitely utilise the studio. It does help with the, the work-life balance. Yeah. It's sort of like a nine to five. You go there, you do your work, you then come you home, home and yeah. you don't do work. Mm. I think that's works best for me. If I have a lot of work to do, then I stay in studio till yeah. I've done it. And then even if that means going home later, because I don't want to do loads at home. Yeah. Unless I absolutely have to, of course. Yeah. If it's like a review the next day and I, I need it to do, I still need to do a little bit. I'll do it at home, but I'll try and do it not next to my bed yeah I'll try and do it in a space that because if you associate your bedroom with work it is really damaging because mm. it's not a relaxing space it's the place you do work and yeah. the place you occasionally sleep yeah and I also think having something like an interest that you do that isn't work mm-hmm. so like for us we read a lot mm-hmm. I know some people do sports and stuff something that's completely separate yeah that takes up another concentration that you need to give yourself a yeah. break. Although it is, architecture is super tiring. And when you've been in studio all day... Mm, you don't um, want to do anything You else. don't want to do anything, which we completely get. We're not saying, oh yeah, like... I mean, some people have brilliant balance when mm. they go to the gym for yeah. a couple of hours a day. I honestly can't understand those people. <laughs> and props to you because I don't get it. But having something to look forward to when you get home or mm. even it, like for us it's reading which is what we do just yeah. in our living room or in our bedrooms mm-hmm. um but for some people it can be going on a walk yeah or even if you just like go home and make like a nice tea yeah some people really enjoy cooking baking is used to be i used to bake a lot when i was mm. stressed but then i was I had ridiculous amounts of like food. <laughs> Bring it to studio. Yeah, and it got expensive because I was like making brownies, and there's a lot of chocolate that goes in brownies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, having something to go back to and enjoy. For some people, it could be if they live at home, it could be their family. Yeah. It could be watching TV with their family or watching TV with their flatmates or something yeah. like that. Anything is better than just doing work constantly. Yeah. Otherwise, you just burn yourself out. And I think if you try and cram too much in your work loses the quality then doesn't it It does yeah i know when i try like at the start of the project if i jump obviously you've got to keep up a momentum but if you jump headfirst in straight away you're not going to make it to deadline in one piece yeah like the first couple of weeks i always find i'm really slow Mm, like i'm it's a very slow thoughtful process Mm -hmm. and i don't like to stress myself out too much because if i burn myself out at the start of the project I won't want to do the rest Plus, of the project. the first few weeks of the project are sort of getting your ideas, you're sort of putting things it's together. very mindful. Yeah, you're developing an idea. You don't want to rush through that. Because then, won't be good. Just to get to the rendering stage at the end, because then it loses all its meaning mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I know sometimes briefs and things, they can demand sort of yeah. that. But it's, it's finding that balance. Every... Although, like, it's very, you get very tended to be stressed mm. with tutors sort of telling you and going yeah. to the design lectures and things, you need to just make sure that you're looking after yourself. You need to be able to think, okay, like, it is what it is. <laughs> You've got mm. to put it to the back of your head. I mean, it's easier said than done. Yeah, but it definitely is. I think that's something I really struggled with last year was being able to switch off and not letting negative 
mm-hmm. feedback and overwhelming yeah to-do lists sort of take over mm-hmm. I think something I, I struggled a lot more last year than this year with was if my friends were in studio mm. I would feel like yeah, I needed it's, it's to the be whole there. guilt and I think like that's something this year that I I think you have to not compare yourself to mm-hmm. other people I think even though we're in studio and you see everyone's work so it's hard not to yeah you have to get out of that mindset quickly because people work differently like people work, will do nothing up until the last few weeks mm. and pull it off yeah and people some people like need to do a lot to start off with and then ease off yeah so you can't compare yourself it's whatever works for you and I know it like I always feel like oh well my friends are still in studio I need to stay yeah. but if it's not right for you then you have to prioritize your own health and well-being yeah. um last year well and this year as well um our four friends that we that we live with we have an app where we um like track each other and that's <laughs> track each other yeah that's mostly due to safety if one of us is is coming home from mm, studio yeah. at night and we're a bit like we can keep an eye on them just mm. it's just a safety thing but it obviously it's on all the time and i yeah. get notifications when people arrive there so if i've gone home for the weekend yeah i'm getting notifications that people have arrived at studio and i'm like oh my goodness, I really need to like do some work. Turn and that, it off. Yeah, that can be, yeah. So don't, don't like, it's good to make sure your friends are safe, but also <laughs> make sure that you turn the notifications off yeah. when they get to studio because it's not that great. <laughs> yeah, I think because we go to studio in like a group. Don't yeah. We? So then there's always a stigma that we leave as a group. Yeah. But I don't think that that is a good thing to go on with no um because people have different limits i find that some days i'm really productive Mm. and i'm like like almost asking myself to to stay longer because i'm feeling productive i'm doing loads of work and i'm not burnt out and i want to stay but then on other days um i get really sick of myself yeah as uh, yeah i find that as well i get really sick of like doing work and i'm just like i'm i'm actively forcing myself to do it and that is really damaging yeah and plus i even though studio like you have your headphones on people don't always talk to each other it still feels like a social setting Mm -hmm. and i cannot go for the full day with being around people i need to recharge and um, we kind of put this wall up um in studio (laughs) of pin boards yeah of (laughs) pin boards so that um we can have a bit of like sort of independent sort of working time because yeah. it can be some people um just like to procrastinate and by doing procrastination that they, t- they talk to you and that's just like <laughs> not like yeah. you, it's really hard to like have the initiative to pull yourself away from that so yeah it's good to find a balance um and definitely be vocal of that be like i'm getting my work done today so please like if you need me then that's fine but like don't try and talk to me because communication I'm, is key yeah i need to get my work done mm-hmm. and i'm feeling motivated and i will get distracted if you talk to me yeah i find that is quite a a common thing with studio yeah i think people I, everyone likes to see what everyone else is doing mm. but then in turn you get distracted mm-hmm. but i mean it's nice sometimes that you can have that break being in studio mm-hmm. but also you just it's it's quite easy to lose focus yeah it's really easy to lose focus um, especially when you're doing things like group projects and stuff because oh, yeah. um, you're just like oh I wonder how they're doing with the group work and you just mm. walk over to them and then you end up having like a group discussion <laughs> yeah you're like oh come over here we're having a group discussion <laughs> and it just becomes yeah it's it's 
really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, talking a little bit about the guilt, um, mm-hmm. that is a huge thing. Yeah. Like everyone I speak to has has experienced guilt with not doing work. It mm. is, and what I want to talk about primarily is over the holidays. Oh yeah, Christmas holidays, Easter, and the summer holidays. Even summer when we literally had no, no set work. work. I was like, I should be doing some yeah. work right now. It's also for me. I forget what I like to do in yeah. my spare time. I'm like, I have no hobbies. Yeah. I, when it's summer comes around, I'm like, I don't even know what I like to do yeah. anymore. Like, yes, I like reading, but that's not something I'm going to do 24 hours a day. Yeah, I think it's it's something that we're everyone's still learning, isn't it? It's like the switching on and off. Yeah. And I think we will probably always have that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're, we're in third year, and if we haven't mastered it by now, yeah, it's going to be gonna. an on and off struggle, mm. I think. Because... Yeah, it's just like I really, um, I really envy the people that know how to balance their life, yeah. like with studio work. And I just, I honestly just don't get it. Some people are super, super organized, but I think for me, I like I putting too much pressure on myself. I'm a, a very anxious person, mm-hmm. and having all these things that I need to do mm-hmm. is too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. If I put pressure on myself to say I'm going to do this long in studio. And I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go and do this when I get home. It's just unrealistic expectations. I'm one of those people that I need to have a lot of time to myself. Yeah, I do as well. I'm very, like, I need to have just an hour or so. Normally it's before I go to bed where I literally just, I don't talk to anyone. I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just sort of figure out what I want to do in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, like, sometimes I'll do some painting, but it's like... I do a lot of art at studio, yeah. so it. I sometimes get sick of doing art, which is just, yeah, it, it's one of those things, it's just the balance mm. is crazy. Yeah, I think the guilt is a big part of it, and I don't think there's an easy solution to no, it. Because just, we, have, we have mountains and mountains of work, so then it, it's hard to then just forget about it and push it to one yeah, side. It's really hard to separate that. Especially when you, like us, we of passionate about it we really want to mm-hmm. push ourselves and do well it doesn't feel like you're doing well when you have like a day off yeah which is it, having a day off is should be totally normal yeah it's really weird because like like if i didn't actively give myself a day off i would easily work seven days a week yeah we literally go we go to studio every day yeah. unless we say yeah we're doing i'm really trying to stop coming on weekends yeah. Like at least one of the days. One of the days on a weekend. Even if that means I'm working at home, which I don't do well <laughs> at all. But I'll do a little bit of work at home. But I'm really trying to not come in on mm. both days on the weekend. Because it's you really need to give yourself some time off. Because you'll end up like me and Laura, who go come to summer or come to after the degree <laughs> and not know what they like to do in their spare yeah. time. It's just, it's really, it's really strange. Especially coming from like a college setting where you have a lot of extracurricular stuff. Yeah. When you've played like sports or had lots of hobbies your entire life to then uni being your only hobby. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it, it's not healthy. It does become like your entire personality, which is very hypocritical for me to say, starting a podcast about <laughs> architecture, but yeah. still. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's weird. I mean, I guess this podcast is, is my free time, mm. but like, I, I know I talk about work, but it doesn't I'm feel also, like work. It doesn't feel like work. And it's quite it's quite an open conversation. It's nice to talk like about things because like with mental health, 
loads of people in Everyone. in studio deals with their own things mm-hmm. but no one talks about it yeah it's very like hush hush i think because architecture is such a competitive course no one mm. wants to show any sign of weakness no uh, this is another thing even though it's not weakness i think but. i've touched on this a little bit on episode two with tom but mm-hmm. architecture is ridiculously competitive yeah and i think then people are like well we can't be open about what we do other than architecture yeah we just want to be the best i guess that's kind of like where the guilt comes from yeah because you're like oh like these people are in studio they're going to do better than me sort of yeah it's really like this group of people are in studio all the time so they're automatically going to do better yeah but they that's might be what they're more comfortable doing yeah it's just it's a really it's a really odd subject and I know it's really hard to come to university and so many people are doing like sports, they're in loads of societies, mm. but what you've got to understand is architecture is was one of the hardest degrees to balance. Yeah, and everyone manages things differently. Mm-hmm. Some people, well, like we were saying about feeling overwhelmed, some people will be too overwhelmed to do other things. Mm-hmm. It's um, weird. But yeah, I know so many people struggle with their own things but just no one talks about it which you can say it can apply to life in general people yeah. mental health is has such a stigma about it yeah um just touching a little bit on mental health and learning disabilities as well mm-hmm. so many people in our year have either some sort of learning disability whether that's dyslexia or adhd or mm-hmm. add or um they're on the spectrum or anything like mm-hmm. that um and it just doesn't get spoke about and it's yeah. sort of ignored i mean people suffer with anxiety people have mm-hmm. depression it like it's such a common thing and yet no one talks about it and yeah it doesn't feel like there's a lot of support for it yeah i think like that's i think that's why i wanted to talk about it as well because i feel like why am i ashamed that i struggle with things because yeah. so many other people do mm-hmm. and like i think well why am i pretending to be someone i'm not yeah exactly it's um i mean i have adhd which is very new to me at the moment i Mm -hmm. mean i'm going through a process of of being diagnosed but it's being aware of that is is really taking a toll on my work yeah but it's also helped me to become a bit more self-aware yeah see that's that's kind of what made my second year harder was i started like proper counseling last year Mm -hmm. and so the exploration through that and on top of uni work was a lot yeah but I also needed it Mm -hmm. to be able to prioritize my mental health as well yeah I think that counseling alongside uni has been really useful for me personally yeah and um to anyone who says uh, who who thinks that they might need that I think um the university do offer that if you go to ask for help I've been through that and it was useful for me yeah it's a good starting um like it's a good start to go Mm -hmm. to ask for help and just say you know I think this or uh, I think I'm struggling and I need some sort of support or on the university website yeah there's absolutely no shame in that and Mm -hmm. like people would prefer you to go and like get some help if you think you need it rather than keep it to yourself and and suffer with it alone and I know the tutors are really nice about it as well like I had a personal tutor meeting last year and they were really understanding about it and were like making sure that I was getting help and support which is obviously nice yeah like even i know the tutors they seem very intimidating and almost like unapproachable unapproachable and on some sort of pedestal Mm -hmm. of like 
they are tutors which they are architects (laughs) yeah like they are obviously here to work they're not our friends they're not you Mm -hmm. know but they are there for Mm -hmm. us and they are um they do care about our well-being it is i mean it is their job we are their job yeah in a sense and they do care and i'm sure if you're very honest with them they do understand they've most likely gone through something yeah i know like from having like a personal tutor meeting it is such a stigma that all these tutors uh, have always been amazing. Yeah, a lot of the ones I've spoken to failed part of their architectural yeah. education. It's just which part was of life. I was like I was shocked by that, but then yeah. I was like, well, why? Like lots of people, like people struggle with things, people fail things. Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter in the long no, run. They don't just find like the most teacher pet sort of professionals there yeah. is that have you know got amazing grades from the very beginning and never failed because those people at the end of the day don't understand yeah i went to um an riba networking thing last week and they had lots of speakers from different practices and some of them were talking about how much they struggled with their architectural education and particularly having a year out and coming back to it Mm. they said they found university really hard and that was such like a inspiring thing for me because i've I found last year extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And so to know that like actual architects, successful like directors yeah. had the same sort of experience is really sort of motivating yeah. to keep going. And I guess that comes back to the whole competitive thing. Um, mm-hmm. We just assume the people that are making it, the people that are really high up in firms have been amazing from the beginning. Yeah, And it's just not the case. And it's unrealistic no. to think that everyone gets firsts all the way through their architecture education yeah one of the tutors said to me he was like you cannot expect to do amazing in every single module he was like you're gonna fail one or if not more but it's how you take that and build on that and I think that's like with the tutors feedback you get negative feedback but you have to brush it off and obviously take it on board but not take it personally yeah like the tutors are there to basically push you Mm -hmm. but you know your own limits and I guess this is kind of what we want to talk about as well is taking criticism from tutors can really impact your mental health yeah I mean when you've spent a lot of time on some work and you go to a tutorial and they're like this isn't what we wanted or this isn't good enough it can be so easy to just think oh that's it I'm done yeah like I've wasted my time it's really hard to get back on the horse afterwards. yeah it's it's so demotivating mm-hmm. but it's not a personal attack no they're just they wouldn't tell you it if like if they didn't want you to get better yeah they they tell you it to sort of push you in the right direction it's yeah. just some people take that as why am I even here yeah. what am I doing I think that was me in first and second year like first year I was completely blinded and when I got negative feedback, I was like, um, um, why? I've just spent like a week on that. Like, yeah, it's not rubbish. Yeah. But then you have to look at it. Like I look back at my work now and I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. It's like, the, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Like this year, if with feed, um, tutorials, any negative feedback, I'm like, write it down. Like mm-hmm. we're going to look through our work after and think, oh yeah. Yeah. That wasn't right. Yeah. Um, something else that I wanted to touch on a little bit is um, if a, spe- a specific project, if you're finding it super, super tough, for whatever reason you've picked, like, for instance, um, we use our course as an example or our module. Uh, we have to pick three functions. Mm-hmm. And if they're really not gelling, 
like they're really not going well and you're you're pushing and you're pushing and you do you have to do extra work to make it work you need to have the ability to say right this is I'm making this really difficult for myself yeah I know I've put a lot of time and work into this Mm -hmm. but I need to find an easier route yeah I think some people get um caught up on what the tutors say and take everything as they say as like the bible yeah I think you have to have the confidence to stick up for your own design yeah you can go against what the tutors say like you don't have to follow them word for word subjective yeah of course it's subjective but you could say oh I respect your feedback but I am actually very confident in my yeah idea and there's nothing wrong with that sometimes when you justify your project in a in a certain way they they don't get it but if yeah. you do it in a slightly different way, or if you go, um, well, your feedback is is kind of like um, confusing me a little bit because, and then talk about your project a bit more, yeah. and they might understand, and then be like, oh yeah, I understand why you did that now. I also think they respect you more if you don't just follow mm-hmm. them word for word. If you're not tweaking every little thing they tell you to, yeah. it they like to see that you have some confidence in. And, yeah. s- and some justification for what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't think as long as you're not being like they're telling you it's not going to work and you're like yes it is yes it is yeah to a certain extent obviously the difference between being stubborn and being independent yeah and also having you have to have some confidence in your work otherwise it's not going to be feasible because like in the future you're going to have to sell your design to a client yeah and you have to take on that criticism a client is going to say oh i don't like that and you can't just be like that's it i'm not going to be an architect anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah because also they're paying you yeah for it you have to you have to take that criticism in a way and work with it and have the confidence in your design to be either like mm, I don't think that's the right way maybe yeah. we could explore different things I think that's something that towards the end of last year I learned and I'm implementing this year is really like trying to justify my design yeah. and get I think I really struggle because I I'm very anxious. I'm very, mm. like, I get tongue-tied when I'm nervous. Yeah, same. Doing verbal presentations is something I really, really struggle with. So my idea sometimes gets lost. Yeah. Because I can't verbalise it. That's this. I'm very, very similar. Mm. Um, I really, I know they say plan what you're going to say beforehand, but having a plan makes me more anxious. Yeah, it does with me as well. Yeah, having I'm a like, script, uh, I get caught up on the words. Yeah. It's really, like... If I'm think, I, I just sort of have a couple of key points that I want to point out, but sometimes as well with time limits. Yeah. Um, because I do struggle with like my attention span, mm-hmm. um, I do get caught up in one particular thing and go on about it for ages and then I've run out of time. Yeah. And then my tutor's like, oh, I don't think you've developed this enough. And it's like, no, I have, but <laughs> like I'm really finding it difficult to communicate that. And sometimes if you're just honest with them. And yeah. Say, my verbal presentation. Yeah. I've been honest before and said like, I get really nervous about it and they've said to me and I've spoken to like my counsellor about this as well and she says you have to show it in a different way so make sure your diagrams yeah explain everything mm-hmm. so you can rely slightly more on them yeah um like they trigger what you're gonna say yeah almost. yeah yeah have like pointers on them that yeah. will trigger you sometimes I find when I've got one piece of work pinned up and my entire sort of um not presentation but like i i'm just talking about this singular drawing mm-hmm. i look at the drawing go completely blank and then have to sort of make it up as i go along yeah and that's not ideal so having a lot to refer to if you forget what you wanted to say about a particular drawing or you forgot why you did it which i do 
quite often um you've got another drawing to look at yeah <laughs> and i think i've done this before in like a formative review had a key like some key points mm. gone through them and then sort of let questions come because yeah. i do better when people sort of prompt me yeah so if if my tutor asks me a question it's easier than me sort of explaining it mm. Out in the air. I find um, we haven't done a lot of presentations really um, no. since first year. I want to say I think we did a couple maybe in second year. We did the formative reviews. We in did the formative. Year. I think we've got a couple way more this year than we yeah. did last year. And I find that I really struggle with presenting something in a non-conversation format. Yeah, I with my tutor for tutorials, it's fine because it's like an informal yeah. sort of discussion. Like I say something and then they say something. Yeah, and I think for me, presenting a whole idea is very overwhelming. It's very difficult. Going from my whole development process, mm. I always forget things, which I think lots of people do, but I know when I listen to some people talk about it they're so like on point oh, yeah. with everything it's brilliant and you're like mm, mine's not going to be that yeah. well structured because i think that that's what's let me down i've had so much feedback saying your verbal presentation didn't show your design to the yeah. best ability well i get told that um i i end up making jokes i make jokes <laughs> when i'm nervous and i just end up cracking jokes um like oh my gosh on my first tutorial this year um, I'd made, we'd, we were doing a, a project about culture and I, uh, it, our project is in Newcastle and I made like this collage of Newcastle culture or what I said to be very, it reminded me of Newcastle, I think, in this thing. <laughs> and that was including a little um, pigeon eating some Greggs. Don't ask. Oh, no. I don't know what I was trying to do, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> and I mentioned it to my tutor and he was like, why did you put that on there? I was like, do you know what? I actually have no idea. And then I just like, like went in this spiral of like talking about the pigeon. And I was like, this is not, this is not, not the pigeon. <laughs> this is an attention thing again. I've really got a really bad attention span. Yeah. And I just go on massive tangents. Yeah, I can do that, but it's purely out of a, I just keep rambling. <laughs> like just keep going because I'm too anxious to sort of stop. So it's just a yeah. continuous no one understands what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I think I was like, oh, look, this is a piece of work and I've got the time bridge and here's a pigeon eating Greg. Here's a pigeon eating a Greg. And he was like, I got that. Why did you, like, bring attention to it? And it's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> I think as well for me with presentations, I struggle with OCD. So mm. the whole perfectionist, like, I have to talk about this and then this and then mm. this in a certain order. And I get really frustrated if that doesn't happen or I think, oh, well... It's all. It's going to be bad now mm. because I've not spoken about it in the right way or the yeah. way that I had it planned. Mm. I guess I'm the opposite. Mm. I get really frustrated when something is planned out too much because yeah. I hate following them. Because I very much, I'm one of those people. I just like to do things in the moment. I like to feel what. What do I want to do today? Yeah, I want to complete drawings. Or I don't want to do any drawings today. I might do a bit of writing. Or I don't want to do anything. I'm going to go home. And um, like plans, especially mm. with presentations, they stress me out because I like to just follow my natural sort of yeah. connection to things, which is very problematic. And I think I definitely need to work on that. I think it's something that. You just, the more you do it, the better it gets. Mm. I know um, if I have like voice recorded myself doing it before, mm. like as like a practice mm. and then I've listened to it back and I'm like, no, that does not sound good. So yeah. then it sort of like trains me a little bit to say the right things. 
I used to do it with my grandma. I used to do a presentation for my grandma. Yeah, I've done it with mine because they know nothing about it. They know nothing about it. And if you can, if they know what you're talking about by the end of it, you're doing a good job. Yeah, or (laughs) if you just send them like the PDF and you're like, look through this. She's like, I have no idea what it is. I'm like, okay, well, I need to tweak it then. Yeah, because there's obviously something I'm leaving out, which is stopping people from understanding the project. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the like most helpful techniques. If you're close (laughs) to your grandparents or even your mum or dad or just like a relative. Someone who is like who doesn't do architecture who's like a neutral sort of stance yeah because i find sometimes if you talk to people who do know about architecture they become more critical than the teachers yeah teachers sometimes you don't need that much criticism no sometimes they're like actually this technical part is wrong and i'm like yeah i i I don't want to know that (laughs) i don't want to know i don't care please just go through my entire project yeah it's yeah so definitely do that if you're close to or even just your friends like if they like like you enough, I guess, <laughs> to go through your work, your yeah. 30-page document, definitely, like, explore that because it, it can be really helpful. Yeah, I mean, as a house, we all study architecture and we help each other. Yeah. But also, it, it it's not always helpful to get feedback. Mm. Yeah, because everyone has their own style and you that sort of gets, like, solidified the we m- all, longer you go all of us in the house have different ways of working mm. and different styles completely yeah so then our criticism sort of clashes yeah it's it's funny you say that because everyone is a different type of architect mm-hmm. it's so strange because we're all studying the same subject we're doing the same projects mm-hmm. you would just assume that we would all be sort of carbon copies like of each other co- copy and paste versions yeah like same people different fonts which is what we constantly refer to ourselves (laughs) as but everyone is so different and everyone focuses on different things and everyone works differently and everyone produces different things and it's absolutely insane like people can be really like really good model makers and that is just not me no i'm not patient enough no also i like i just yeah just yeah it's just just i'm like i want this over and they're never like I spend hours and hours and hours on them and then they never look like how, how I want them to look and I get very frustrated. <laughs> and I'm like, I've just spent hours trying to perfect this yeah. and it's just not happened. But some people, like our friend Catherine, shout out to Catherine, shout out Catherine. literally pulls models out of their ears. Like she's model making all the time. There's models everywhere. There's models everywhere. She's got like 25 I'm like, how are you actually doing that? Yeah, and we're like, oh, not another model. Like, I know, models just mountaining up but um yeah credits to Catherine because I don't know how she does that yeah I think that goes back to like the not comparing yourself to people yeah because it's such a subjective course it really is and everyone obviously views things differently like this project the amount of different ideas and the different ways people are taking it yeah I think you can't compare yourself to someone yeah because our ideas and our like the way we think about things are so different yeah i just want to talk a little bit about briefs because mm-hmm. a lot of people especially with the project we're doing at the moment is when they when they stop following a brief accidentally they get down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and they go into so much detail and they're really passionate about this and then they get told um okay but you need to be following the brief and then they have to sort of get rid of all of their like work and change whatever it yeah. is i know that can be really really frustrating yeah definitely but i also think 
it goes back to the not taking things personal. Yeah. You, it gets to a point where you just have to accept it. There's mm. no point... I mean, it is frustrating, but there's no point getting hung up on it. Yeah. Because then you lose all your momentum. Yeah. And you lose... If you get fixated uh, on one thing and say, it has to be this, it has to look like yeah. this, then your project loses its yeah. its essence. I know, because people get... Like I said, people get very passionate about it. And when they get told, oh, you can't really do that because it doesn't follow the brief it's a kick in the face yeah definitely i think you've just got to separate you've got to try to separate it it's not a personal thing yeah. it, it it's just a if you've not followed the brief you've not followed the brief it's the same if you were in practice and, yeah. a, and you went down a rabbit hole and then the client was like okay but i want my building to be a basketball court not a tai chi meditation <laughs> place yeah like if, if in a client in real life will say i don't like that and you yeah. can't be like, well, I want to do it like this. Yeah. Because it's not your house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, a couple of weeks ago, Tom Durham said something very interesting. He was like, when you go into practice, it's sort of a step down because mm-hmm. um, suddenly you're not the uh, lead sort of architect on yeah. your project and you are the person underneath. Yeah, you have to follow what other people And you people have to follow. Up. And I can imagine that would be something very strange. Yeah. But I mean, in a way, we are, to a certain extent, following the tutors yeah i guess because i mean it's our project but they also have influence over it yeah and yeah. i guess that's why we have a brief as well i mean it's all it's all there for a reason yeah definitely it's just weird and sometimes you do have to think like why is this and then when you think oh yeah when i'm an architect or people who are in practice they have to they have to practice this quite a bit yeah the briefs can be overwhelming i think that's why some people misconstrue them because they can be like to look at like a 30 page brief oh gosh and when you've got like other modules as well Mm. it is very overwhelming but you have to obviously set yourself up on a good point and digest the brief yeah (laughs) um speaking of briefs and going a little bit back to the learning difficulty thing um i'm not even joking you i every time i first read a brief it is in a different language see i I like the briefs the briefs make me feel better because they have like structure yeah because it's like you have this many weeks to do this and then this has to be done by this date and Mm. like the plans for each week yeah i personally for me with having anxiety and ocd that really helps me formulate a plan and i know what to expect each week yeah and like the lecture titles are on there i know what's coming like then i can sort of manage my stress a little bit more see when there's like a structure i really like how I said before, I really struggle to follow those structures because I like to do, like to, like let myself lead mm-hmm. on where I want to yeah. go. I've done this piece of work, so I want to do this piece of work. Not like I've done this piece of work, but I can't do this piece of work because I need to do this piece of work, yeah. which is like needed in the brief. Like they want that mm-hmm. at the end of this week. Sometimes that can be really like damaging because I'm like I'm I'm like it's having to force yourself, and that's really hard yeah we're we're opposites yeah we are which is (laughs) it's fine everyone's different um it's just like sometimes as well like reading the brief when um the person who's wrote it is very like good with words and it can literally be like a cryptic code almost yeah sometimes it it takes a few attempts to read it and think oh well i actually have to do this like yeah but i think that's just like academic language isn't yeah. it <laughs> sometimes i when i'm reading the brief for the first time i have to make notes i have to write down sentences that yeah. i'm like 
okay this this is important and then i have to sort of like crack a code and make yeah. the brief like then, i, I mean, have to write in my own words. they usually go over it in like our year meetings and stuff yeah and then that fully like settles me then i'm like i know exactly what i yeah. need to do that's what i i don't understand people who like are following a project but they don't go to those design meetings some people don't even read the brief that's insane to me and that just that. stresses me out i'm Definitely like what what brief. are you going off yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah it's a lot i don't know how they do it no that would be too much for me yeah i need i know i say i don't like structure but i need at least a guideline <laughs> at least a guideline Especially of where i need to it, go like when we've got a certain amount of time for it you need a bit of a time frame like yeah otherwise it'll just get lost yeah definitely um i just want to touch a little bit on on getting bad grades because mm-hmm. i know this is really i have experience with this yeah i mean i i have a bit of experience with this as well and um just know that not everyone is amazing at every module yeah i think for me i my semester one last year went awfully and it was such a disheartening experience for me because i spent so much time in studio i was there every day i did so much work i went to every tutorial i did the same sort of time process as my friends and i did awfully like actually awfully (laughs) And yeah. I think because my tutor sort of, we, we got fixated on one point and then it never sort of, it never worked out. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was really disheartening for me, but I turned that around and I used it as motivation and my next project went very well. Yeah. So I think you have to. You do have to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Take it as you will. And you can choose to let it get the better of you and be bitter about it. Yeah. Or you can use it as fuel to motivate yourself. Yeah. Like, um, just going back to tutors a little bit, sometimes you notice that the tutors are obviously very passionate about mm. one thing. Yeah. Like, they, they'll do a lecture on, say, design, but then they'll be in a technology lecture and you can tell that that is their niche, yeah. that they love that. Yeah. And it just shows that people have their favourites and people do have yeah it's also really subjective i always i always wonder if if that project that i did not great on was marked by another tutor would i have got the same grade like or would it have been even worse like it's just i always it's interesting to think about it's one of those things that go through your mind like when they're like someone is notorious for being a harsh tutor Mm -hmm. and then they mark your work and you don't get a good grade it's easy to blame them yeah I, it is definitely and I was guilty of that to start off with mm. but I think you can't like they're just doing their, their job. job and I look back at that project now and I think I, I did not deserve any higher mm. it it humbles you in a way yeah it shows that like you do have to work hard and it's not as easy yeah it's not easy coming and I can't say I didn't try I didn't sit back and do nothing and expect an amazing grade it was disheartening that I put a lot of time and effort yeah. into it, but it's helped me with the rest of my work. So yeah, it's it's like almost revising, like a couple of hours a day for months, taking the exam and then getting a bad grade in the exam because the exam was hard. Yeah, and I think it's made me a lot more self-aware. Like that project, I read the brief maybe once at the start. Mm. Now I'm constantly checking it. Yeah. I'm doing lots of like extra reading, like yeah. reading on current things to do with architecture. And it means you don't get on a tangent. If you yeah. constantly refer back to the brief, you're like, why am I why am I spending hours on this piece of work? It's not yeah. even needed or like relevant to mm-hmm. this brief. Definitely, yeah. It's just 
yeah architecture is a very strange course i think it's because it's majority coursework and we don't have exams i think that's the reason why it's very different to other courses yeah and it's sort of you know how you're doing as you go along sort of thing it's a bit yeah but to end this podcast on a very positive note architecture is extremely rewarding yeah i like i really like having the physical work at the end yeah. like a model you think oh i've put all this time into it it looks amazing like the yeah. photos look really good it's so much more rewarding to me than sort of like writing like an essay and yeah. sort of thing and allowing yourself to um to have a more personal sort of response to the brief is very rewarding as yeah. well because you can you can see part of your personality and your passion yeah. in your project which and is lovely you can sort of see like i look back on other projects and you can see how your ideas have sort of evolved and like yeah. your skills have developed yeah when a project goes well or you're very happy with a project it's really nice to look back at it and be like you know i did that yeah and the most rewarding thing i find is when you've had like a really stressful week, you've tried to cram loads of work in and then you get to tutorial and your tutor's like, this is great. Yeah, brilliant. You've oh, done, you've done perfect Like your idea week. is developed really nicely. Like yeah. it looks really good. Like I find that so yeah. rewarding. I also find it really, really rewarding going back and looking at my first year stuff and being like, I've come I've, so... Yeah, I've improved yeah, so much. I've improved so much and... and I, I'm almost looking at my work and knowing where I went wrong. And I think that is is something that not a lot of people get in their courses and it's a very valuable thing and also developing like me saying i was getting anxious about verbal presentations my presentation mark has gone up consistently yeah so i think that's a really encouraging thing for me yeah it's a really rewarding subject and when you have the passion for it or you start to develop the passion for it Mm -hmm. it's like it's a really nice subject to uh to study and i think for me i obviously suffer with mental health it's it's a big focus for me it keeps me focused on something yeah otherwise it could be quite easy to shut yourself away and yeah. never come out it's a good like you come into studio you're around yeah. everyone it's a very good routine yeah it keeps you to a routine which i really like like structure is important to me yeah um so yeah, yeah definitely worth it for me yeah it's also really nice it's a very interesting subject Mm -hmm. it is a very interesting subject and it's like an art form as well as a science and there's so many different um like rabbit holes you can go down with it yeah there's loads of different sort of areas that you can become very um, passionate about whether Mm -hmm. that's technology or whether that's the theory side of things or the history or yeah the actual design model making it's like it's such an active course and I really feel for the people that take a course that is literally just like writing essays. Like I could never. Yeah, I know. Could never be me. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself that you're like really lucky to be on this yeah. course and very lucky to be in such a good university with the great studios. Yeah, and the really, oh, our studios are amazing. I love our studios. And every time I talk to someone from a different university who's studying architecture, they say like, their studios are nothing compared to ours yeah they're like shut in like a little cupboard or something yeah like our studios are brilliant and definitely utilize them yeah definitely so uh thanks for listening um to this week's podcast i hope you guys found it helpful um and appreciate a little bit of the advice that we have or just to know that we also struggle with this yeah you are definitely not alone (laughs) everyone struggles with mental health and architecture is a hard course but Mm -hmm. you guys are doing great yes (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'll speak to you next week or 
the next podcast episode. Uh, We've got some exciting things coming up, so definitely stay tuned. Yes, thank you for having me. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Speak to you later, guys. Bye. Bye.